Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? All right, hey people, how's it going? Welcome to, oh my god, this guy's yawning. <laughs> At the moment where I decided to say, hello, this guy decided to... I away from the camera. No, it cost the first, the first breath came in, please. <laughs> do, you, do you know what it reminded me breath. of? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, when I was editing the other episode, I think there was some. Every time you wanted to say something, or every time you disagreed with what I was saying, you sigh. Like, <laughs> like you not as not not sigh actually. You breathe. Like it was always like a deep breath. Like it's like you're about to say something, but you're like, really? okay, let me let him finish. Yeah. <laughs> I cut it like twice. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, this boy. Um, anyways, hi guys, welcome to another cinema therapy episode. Um, we're going with this ones. You notice that they are shorter. <laughs> I said it the way you said shorter on um, our off-season episodes. Anyways, uh, I'm going off track. I will start this episode by reading a comment. Uh, so someone commented on. Relax. I what? relax. Like what? happy oh. Easter, everybody. Like oh wait, it's oh like, true. Tell everybody happy Easter or something, man. See, it's not fair yeah. because we're recording before the thing, so I'm not going to put myself in that. Like, it's hard to put myself in that thing. But yeah, um, happy Easter because you'll be listening. But that's the thing. People don't listen happy to Easter, it guys. when it drops. I'm yeah, hoping you had a good holiday. <laughs> if, if, okay, even if you're not an Easter celebrator, you probably had a, an, a holiday or a break. Yeah. Because okay. for most parts of the world, no, for many parts of where our listeners are. Mm-hmm. You're probably getting a holiday of some kind or a break, a bank holiday or a public holiday, whatever it's called. And if you're just chilling, even if you're not celebrating, yeah, happy Easter then. Okay, are we done? <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. My computer, my computer is about to restart. Cancel it now. To install updates. I can't cancel it. Relax. Why? Why can't you cancel it? That's weird. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm just monitoring here. I've cancelled it. Um, yeah. Yes, happy Easter, folks. Um, depending on wherever, you, whenever you're listening to this, um, hope you had a good one, like Wally said. Now can we proceed? I didn't do not not like I don't want to say hello to you guys, but you guys get the drift. Wally's like I don't know why he's pulling me back today, but anyways, um, what was I saying? I was going to read comments. Yes. So let me start with something, and I'm guessing it's something groundbreaking. So let's hear it. What? What do you mean? No, that's what you said. Let me start. Let me let me start by reading something. Ah, okay, okay. I was confused. And going, if you want to start by reading something, it has to be groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. I don't want to say the personal the personal for failure. It's just a comment. <laughs> anyway, oh, so are you reading a comment? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm oh, I, I thought you were, I thought you were about to read like some. Badass quotes that you saw. Yeah, don't that. Or, yeah, don't that does all of that jazz. When yeah. when have I read quotes before? I don't know. You should have read something. Like I don't know. I really don't know. Why are we having this conversation? Like I was supposed to. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to season nine, episode twelve, I believe. Um, and it's a cinema therapy episode. But before I, <clears throat> you've already seen the title and the movie we're going to review. But before I dive into that. I wanted to read a comment from the previous episode, which is connected to this episode. But anyways, the person says, um, brilliant episode as usual. Thank you. 
um, super familiar with Ikigai, and I can agree that a lot of these frameworks, Ikigai, Kaizen, Wabi-Sabi, <laughs> so all just names are always so <laughs> interesting, um, have all been watered down and somewhat westernized. Uh, the self-help genre has, has a big role to play in this, giving us, quote-unquote, 12 steps to live a successful life, and things of that nature look really good on paper, but in practicality, isn't applicable to all facets. Um, so the person says they read the Ikigai book by Hector Garcia a while ago, and they also had a difficult time reconciling with the diagram. That it's difficult to find that sweet spot, quote-unquote, Ikigai, but in the same breath, the book talked about how people of Okinawa found purpose in even the little things. So I feel the concept itself is not targeted at discovering a groundbreaking purpose. Ooh, groundbreaking, the word you said. Um, but yeah, I wanted to read that because, you know, we were struggling in that episode a bit because it was very, you know, again, career leaning and things like that. And you're like, okay, fine. If you remove that out of the table, then what do we have? And what is the framework trying to get you to do? And then we had the conversation about, okay, let's think about the origins of where it's from, um, which is obviously Japan. I'm trying to figure out that, okay, it's not necessarily a society known for the hustle culture in that sense. So what does Ikigai mean to them? And so obviously this person has read the book and, you know, it's targeted. It's not really targeted. Read a book, on not the book. It's the. I feel like there's the book. There's the Ikigai book. By, is there is there a definitive yes. book on yes. the topic? Yes, yes. At least the Western version of it, it's the one that everyone sort of like refers to Ikigai. When you type Ikigai on on whatever, that's the book that pops up. Ikigai: The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life, which is quite interesting. Because I would have imagined they would have positioned it differently. But anyways, all right. So um, to find a movie, as always, that reflects the topic that we spoke about can sometimes be tricky. Um, and what were our options for this one? I feel like it's always good to talk through the options that we picked so people can, I guess, get a sense of why we settle on this ones and maybe the funny reasons why we don't do some other movies. Um, but I think our main suggestions were you had... The boy who harnessed the wind. No, that was not. That was not. It wasn't the first time movie. I just wanted to watch that movie and, and talk about that movie. Yeah, and I vetoed it because of important reasons, I guess. Um, but there was Cloud Atlas, which I've heard about. I haven't watched, but it didn't have very high ratings. Um, so it was Cloud Atlas, then Soul, then we kind of like wanted to shop around a bit, and then I suggested a bunch of others, but top of which was Pursuit of Happiness. And what he said, and I quote, well, not verbatim, that he's, he's not about to watch another Will Smith movie, particularly because he's watched that one twice already or something. But to be fair, I've never I'm seen I'm just not watching Will Smith. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Uh, anyways, but I've, not, I've actually not seen it before. So um, this was one reason to try and like see it. And I felt like it was connected a bit in the sense that I believe from the plus that I read, it had both the sort of like finding purpose thing, but also the career elements that I guess the version of Ikigai and how we had the conversation about Ikigai um, went. But anyways, we ended up watching or picking Soul, the Pixar movie. Um, and I'm not the greatest at reading plots. So what are you going to read the plots? So, so Soul is based as an animated movie mm-hmm. by Pixar. Based in New York City, um, main... Um, protagonist is a pianist called Joe Gardner. 
Buttigieg's music part-time at the middle school while dreaming excessively about playing jazz professionally. Now, when Joe received an offer for full-time teaching position, mm-hmm. his mom, Liba, says he should take it. However, Joe, Joe finds out that a famous jazz musician, Dorothea Williams, has an opening in her quartet and auditions at a jazz club. Now, Joe goes there and Dorothy is impressed by Joe's piano playing. And Dorothea, not Dorothy, Dorothea, or the, whatever, <laughs> I, whatever I pronounce, but D-O-R-O-T-H-E-A, <laughs> hires um, Joe for the night show. Now, as Joe is living off in his, in his, in his, in his excitement and his happiness, he's gotten his, his dream job or whatever, he falls into a manhole down the sewer drain and dies. Well, falls into yeah, a coma. dies or goes yeah. into coma. All right. Now, Joe then finds himself as a disembodied soul. So again, if you've seen the image of the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But for those who haven't, it's just a depiction of like what your soul will look like in a cartoon. <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah. Cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, Joe, Joe finds himself as a disembodied soul, in quotes, heading into an afterlife that is classified as the great beyond. Now, unwilling to die, he tries to escape, but ends up in the great before. And the great before, unlike the great beyond, is a realm where souls gain the personalities and interests before they are being born on earth. Mm. Unlike, unlike the great beyond where you're going after life, the great before is where your souls are born and then it's transferred into the human body on earth. Now, in the great before, counselors, all named Jerry, prepare these unborn souls for life with the help of mental souls. Now, each soul will have a badge. No, each soul has a badge that grants them passage to Earth. Um, and once the badge has been completely filled with personality traits, that's when they can get that passage to Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mistaken for a mentor, because obviously Joe escaped, Joe is then assigned to train a soul named 22, right? And so in the grade before, Joe is given um, a soul to mentor, and, she, and her, her name is 22. And 22 is somebody who wants to avoid F at all costs. 22 discovers that Joe's physical body is, is in the hospital and in a coma. And she agrees to let Joe help her find her spark. Right? And the spark is what they refer to as a soul's personal passion. Mm, yeah. Right? And then finding that spark will help her complete her badge so that, can use it to, so that he can use it to return home. Because from the grids before, you can't get into F only if you have the F back. Edge, sorry, the Earth badge, and you can't you can't get the Earth badge until you find your spark, yeah, whatever that is. Anyway, after Joe fails to find into a spark, they visit the zone, a place that souls enter when their passions create a euphoric trance, mm. but becomes a trap for obsessed lost souls. And then they meet a a guy called Moonwind, who's a galleon captain, and helps the two of them locate Joe's body on Earth. And I can think of Moonwind as in a perfect society, there, there will be a black market, right? Where people can hack the system. That was Moonwind, mm. right? So Moonwind helps them find Joe's body on Earth and Joe returns to Earth. But instead, he carries 22 with him by accident. Yeah. And when, when they then fall into their bodies, Joe enters the, the, a, a cat. Therapy cat. A therapy cat. While 22 enters Joe's body, 
So anyway, so they find Moonwind's real human body on Earth. And Moonwind, Moonwind agreed to meet them at Jazz Club to restore to draw to his body. In the meantime, 22 settles into Joe's body um, along the time and she enjoys little moments with interacting with people and Joe's peers. She holds very good conversations with um, Joe's student, Connie, his barber, Des, and his mom. Meanwhile, Terry, being in charge of counting souls, arrive on Earth to find Joe and restore the count. Now, as the day ends, Joe and 22 visit Moonwind to return Joe's body, Joe to his body. Now, after Joe tells 22 that her experiences were not purposes, 22 refuses mm-hmm. and runs away to find her spark because obviously she's enjoyed the experience of being on Earth. Yeah. Now, as they run through a subway station, Terry, who is the guy from the Great Beyond, traps them and brings them back to the Great Before. Now, 22 realizes that her badge is filled out already. So remember, mm-hmm. 22 had no um, Earth badge at the start. She had no spark when she came down. But at this point, she realized that her badge is now filled out. Mm-hmm. Yet, Joe is just saying that it's because of his traits, it's because of happening in his body. That's and why she got, yeah. she got the full badge, right? And that she had not really found a spark. Now, of course, she's angry, she's upset. She throws the badger at him and disappears into the zone. Now, Jerry informs Joe that a spark is not a sole purpose in life, but Joe refuses to believe this and orders 22, and uses 22's badge to return to Earth. So the key point here is like, obviously, they all thought that getting that badge or that spark, that getting that missing spark is one purpose in life. And then when she finally got it, one of the Jerry's told Joe that a spark is not purpose in life. But obviously, Joe doesn't believe this because he's just thought his whole life is to play jazz music. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm done at this point. So anyway, so the, yeah. the show, so Joe, Joe goes back to the show. He does a great job, show successful. But he goes back home, realizes that his life is unchanged, even after achieving his dream. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, looking at the objects that 22 collected while she was in his body, Joe recalls all the moments that they enjoyed together while they were on Earth. And then he realized that the experiences that they shared together when he was a cat and 22 was in his body gave her the spark. Mm. Now, by playing piano, Joe enters the zone with intent to return her badge. But remember I said, um, you can you can still get into the zone through a euphoric trance when you are in a flow state kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so Joe, Joe realizes that the experiences that are given to him to her spark, right, with moments with the moments they share together and then plays the piano to try and get back into the zone and find her. But at this point, she's already become a lost soul. So he hunts her down, shows her a sycamore seed that she got from Earth to remind her of her time on Earth. Then they realize that a spark is not a source purpose, but, in the, but a spark indicates someone's will and intention to live. Yeah. Now, Joe's actions restore 22 to normal, return her badge, and escorts her out of the grave before for a journey to Earth. Now, as Joe, as Joe at this point is giving her the badge to go back to Earth, which means he's going to go to the grave beyond and probably die. But then a Jerry stops him and says, you know what, for your bravery, for inspiration, we're going to give him a chance to live. And Joe returns to Earth and says, I'm going to live my life every day like it's the last. The end. Cliche. Um, yeah, cool. You know, what's interesting about this movie, and I'll ask you your thoughts, even though you've been talking for the last like four minutes, I'll still throw it back at you. But I think um, it feels like for a lot of people, so this movie came out around Christmas for like as if you watched it when it first came out. And I think Christmas movies always come with this vibe with them. 
and a lot of adults or a few adults that either I ran into a YouTube or just even general people and the general impression because I didn't even watch it when it first came out because I just saw I know Pixar movies are great but I don't think I was ready for the emotional tug that Pixar movies tend to try and you know do on people particularly around Christmas so I didn't really watch it and I think I um some of the guys that I follow on YouTube as well they also mentioned that at the first watch they didn't really care about the movie like it was just blah but when you now watched it again it kind of like hits deeper for me because i didn't watch it when it first came out when i when i eventually watched it or took time to watch it a couple of months ago it it kind of like hit in a way um a couple of key scenes it was really funny and pixar movies always be you know fantastic and i watched it again in preparation for this and some scenes hit harder which i have clipped up or searched on youtube and will play at some point but you you know what were your thoughts about it when you first watched it when you first watched it what what do you mean why are you picking up me I, I just i just finished speaking for like i know but i give you i give you a heads up minutes. you give the plot so i need your quick thoughts okay we'll time you 20 seconds to tell us what you know good it. movie i mean i when i i watched it i watched it just like just like it i watched it like i think last year mm. good movie um pixar does a good job in these kind of things yeah, good movie. I think it hits the nail in the head with some of my thoughts about life. Um, and I think one of my key striking messages from the movie, which relates to what we spoke about the last time, was I'm just gonna jump straight into it. Yeah. Was I and I didn't take many notes on this one, but one one of the key things I realized was that we've all found ourselves in this battle of figuring out what do I want to do with life? What mm. is my education going to lead me to? What is a dream job? What is a dream state? Mm. And I think some people may have hacked this, but many of us have not hacked this. And I think we've kind of been taught to think about states, titles, positions and entities of of experiences that mm. we should aim to be at and what i mean by this is for in, for a typical nigerian millennial who probably was born in the 90s you're probably 90s no let me let me, let me be more specific pre-1996 post-1990 You've probably been in a household or seen people in households where they've been pushed towards becoming doctor engineers, etc. Now the argument can be that those those are those are lucrative careers mm-hmm. that will probably give you a good life. For those who have had their own personal dreams of what they want to do, right? Even though they've had the personal dreams free from parental pressure, a lot of them have, have still thought about dreams based on titles, states, entities of experience, and positions. Yeah. Now, what I've realized, if I'm going to look to myself this question back 20, 10 years ago, is if you're thinking of a dream, there is no way that one position, one state, one job title, one entity of experience is all that is fit for you mm. because 
those titles, positions were created by human beings and they would always evolve. Now, going back to, I'll, I'll make this make sense. Now, going back to Saul, right? Yeah. So, Dez, his barber, wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And Dez did not have money for that. So, he went into barbing, right? And he said he's happy as a barber, despite his veterinarian dream failing. Right? Yeah. Now, let me not give my, my, let me connect these two together. So, when I say, Job titles, positions, states, entities of experience. In this case, for Dez, it is a barber. Right. And nobody will ever think of, oh, I want to be a barber. Because a barber isn't thought of a barber based on what it, what it means semantically, but also what they do. Mm. And, and also perhaps the level of economic value that a barber probably has to their world. But a barber is only, is more than a barber. It's only a barber on paper. Des in the movie was, if you abstract, which, which is what I said in the last episode, if you abstract, Des becomes a friend to many people, becomes a safe space, becomes a confidence booster, becomes a huge sense of routine, becomes, becomes a sense of belonging for people. Right? And if you look at Des's life, you think he's just a barber. So title, position, everything says barber. But abstracting what Des, who Des is in, in the real world is many things that actually make lives better beyond cutting hair, right? Because people go to barber shop and just meet their friends there. So people go to barber shop and, and just chat. So people go to barber shop and talk about problems they have, they have at home. So people go to barber shops and just feel like, okay, this is my safe space. People go there and, and, get, and get a confidence, confidence boosted for Monday. Now, you yeah. can see what is taking too deep. But my point is, if I then think of my life as, okay, I want to be somebody who, I'm, I'm not thinking about titles, but I'm thinking about, I want to help people boost their confidence. I want to be, be in a place where I can make people feel like they're in a safe space. That then means that I've given my, my dreams multiple titles that can be possibly achieved as opposed to one. So that way, if I, if, if I don't become a pilot or something, there is, if I abstract what, who I want to be in this position, I can apply somewhere else too and still be that. Because I think in the end, that's what, that, that's what we are chasing. We're chasing who we want to be in these positions, not just positions themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um... I think the challenge really is the thing that we spoke about of luxury, but in a different sense, in the sense that, you know, for reals, for reals, is are the things that you've listed, are they enough to, in the world that we're in, get you up in the morning? A lot of times, except you're someone who's- Well, yeah, they are. That's what I'm saying. Really? So in an ideal world- And I've not met anybody- Wait, one one second, sorry. yeah. Um, have you met anybody who has loved what they're doing so much? Like they, you can see in their eyes. And when they tell you why they love it, they only tell you about the job responsibilities or the job title. Yeah, in no. In my experience, it's often been that if, if people love what they do so much, they love who they are when, when they're doing it and they love what doing it does to others. 
And another and, yeah. and, and, and at those points of reason, it, it more becomes about the title or position that, of, of that role. So I, I I get you, like, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. I'm just trying to, I guess, not play devil's advocate in this point, but just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, because, you know, the, the other thing about it is, I think there's the other side to not choosing or, like, trying to optimize and think about these things that you've mentioned, these things about, you know, making people feel better, making people feel like a safe or being theirs. Let's just summarize it as being theirs. I think there's the flip side to being theirs that the Pixar movie doesn't show, right? Um, that I think a lot of us have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, right? Because sometimes being theirs means you don't have, like, because we live in this world where- Do you mean are, money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, not just money. Money is one of the points. Right. But again, being able to, yeah, let, let's even just drill it down into just I think money. money is the only point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Let, let, And which is why, and I began by saying, like, if you put, if you put economic value as a, as a constant. Yeah, but so th- th- right. that's the thing. That's the thing. I think, the, and the reason why, I don't think a lot of people don't, I don't think they're set up to chase money as money. I think we spoke about this on another episode where for some people, they're chasing money to acquire something else. Right. But the challenge is sometimes once you get on that chasing money path, you forget about the other thing that you're trying to get and you just focus on, let me check this money box first. But the problem is the money box never really gets checked for real, for real. So you then end up on that pathway. And sometimes the person that you need to become to chase the money then puts you even further away from the thing you wanted to use the money to get at the end of the day. So I feel like, as, as I don't know if that, that makes sense, like as simplistic as the money goal is as the economic thing is i think sometimes when people say okay this is an easy goal to reach that is a means to an end sometimes they forget the end and get caught up in the means right which is the money thing right so i'm saying because we've had this conversation like my whole purpose and complacency whatever conversation is i think for the longest time i've always known what i don't want to do like i've always been very clear on the person i don't want to become is why for my fourth year in uni, I knew I didn't want to practice civil engineering, although that was something that was planted as a seed early on that I grew to enjoy looking forward to doing. But on seeing the reality of the thing, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure this how I want this to be my life, right? Now, for some other people, maybe they wouldn't have had the luxury of saying, I don't want to do this. And I, I wouldn't even call it a luxury because it's not like I knew exactly where I was going to. And I, it's not as if I knew, oh, if I'm going to pick this pathway, it's going to lead to A, B, and C. I, I really pretty much just took a leap of faith of saying I'd rather be someone chasing after something and hoping for the best and enjoying the person I'm being in that process than follow a path that seems well-defined when I can see the endpoints in that path and I'm pretty sure I'm, I know I'm not going to enjoy the person I'll become, you know, if I follow that path, right? Um, and it's almost, it's almost like that same decision has come about in different points because Again, I was in a job before and all of those things and things are going relatively well. And if I had stayed there, to be fairly right now, I'll probably be earning a lot more than I'm earning right now. But what taking that like sidetrack away from being able to step away from something like that, what that has helped me see is put a lot more value to some of the other things that I wouldn't have been able to accurately value without experiencing them. Do you get I feel like I've even gone away from the original points, but um Yeah, I think in one way I get what you're saying. Yeah. But maybe I didn't articulate what my point. And let me just try and do that. Is in pursuit for me anyway, the way I think about these things now is 
I'm, by, the, by these things, I mean thinking about my own life in five whatever years. In my pursuit of dreams and goals in professional world, what I've learned from this is the emphasis on titles, positions, states should be less for me. And what I should emphasize on more would be who I am in those roles. Okay. To, to determine whether that is what is for me. Okay. And perhaps this is more of what I'm saying would be a message to tell my younger self to know ahead of time. Mm, okay. Fair Qu- one question though, because you, in titles, positions, states, um, is money inside there? Like where would you group money into that? No. So by titles, I mean like what you're doing for a living. I know. What it's called. I know. I know. So let me, let me, let me define why I'm asking the question this way. Because I feel like not, I'm thinking title is easy to put aside is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm now, I'm, now I'm asking that, okay, in this, when you're speaking to your younger self, are you also adding economic value to that conversation? Like, are you saying, plain question, younger self right now, if you see two opportunities and one pays more, ignore the money and look for the person you're going to be in those two roles. Is that what you're saying? Because I can understand the title bit. I can understand the state bit. I can understand the superficial things. I don't necessarily come with any concrete value. But now, if we're going to center... Yeah. No, no, definitely not. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anybody should ignore money because life, life is not fair across everywhere in the world. All right? I'm, I can't say everybody should ignore money. So what would you tell your 10, your... <clears throat> 20 years or your, your previous self, if he raises the follow-up question about what if this thing pays more, what would your answer be? So my starting point, so the money question comes in when you don't have a choice. As in? <laughs> Bro, after undergrad in Nigeria, after NYC, yeah. I was going to work for, 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 for Access Bank. Right. They offered me, they offered me a job, said I should sign, I must sign a bond for Two years, if I leave, I'll pay. If I leave before, they have to pay two million, but they'll give me a... mm. right. At that point, I was I was thinking of doing that because I was like, well, I don't really have many jobs mm-hmm. possible. But this is a good chance. But then two years, I might go for my master's degree in one year. And then I, I got to the final chat with the with the guy. I can't remember who the guy was. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing I'm, when, they, when they offered me the stuff and I said actually I can't sign this because I might be leaving in one year mm-hmm. and the guy said how are you sure you're going to be leaving in one year I said I don't know but I just can't sign something <laughs> that will keep me down for two years <laughs> right yeah. but my point is in that, in that moment right you had I had friends. a choice even though it wasn't defined but I just had a choice there was something there was a semblance life, yeah there was a semblance of a choice and that was enough to that was enough say no yeah. So in those categories, I can't tell people to think about to not think about money, because in categories of environments that are probably very hostile and dysfunctional and probably does not reward typical hard work procedure, yeah, you probably just go with the best thing you can get. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that if I am dreaming, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to figure out where, if I'm trying to figure out a path, a a visual path of my life in a certain um, destination and in time. I want to be thinking about 
every experience that I'm going through to figure out what, what, what my best fit is. I yeah. don't want to be thinking about titles or positions. I want to be thinking about what do I do in, in certain experiences that light me up? Yeah. Who am I in certain tasks, certain spaces that makes me feel like I enjoy this? Yeah. And abstract those feelings to categories in the sense that those categories can be applied to multiple kinds of titles. Mm. And I say that because if you think about when we grew up, we didn't, we're kind of, as, as kids growing up in Nigeria, we had a, an incredible amount of functional fixedness when it came to, sorry, sorry I'm using that word again, <laughs> but, again, but no. when it came to thinking of careers. Yeah. Because nobody thought beyond, I would say, a 10, a 10 scale option. Yeah. Well, not you're... nobody. <laughs> well, Only a yeah. few people thought beyond the 10 scale option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Doctor, lawyer, engineer. And then the wild maybe, ones will say astronaut. Maybe wild or, one, yeah. footballer, or artist. <laughs> yeah. But you have those basics, accountant, right? Yeah. You can say that that's all they saw. You can say that that's all they knew about. You can say that that's all... But if, you, but, but if you look at today's world, mm. kids talk about YouTuber, influencer. Again, it's based on what you see. But my point is that what the things we dreamt of at that point was based on the titles. Were just, they were states. They were things that we just saw. They were entities that we, not, we, that we had no idea what, what that kind of responsibility of that job reflects on who we are. I don't know if I'm explaining this properly. I, I'm trying my best. But what my, my point there was, I'm sorry, I'm going back to this again. My point there was, observe myself in every single experience that I have. Mm-hmm. Know what lights me up. Know what I'm good at. Abstract those learnings into categories. And you realize that those categories can fit multiple titles that exist. As opposed to boxing myself into what titles exist than do I like. Mm. Okay. Because the normal formula or normal procedure for us growing up is think of title first and how do I get that? Okay. Either, either through education, either through a LinkedIn course, either through Udemy, whatever. Mm. For example, I, 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 many people who said, oh, I want to transition into tech. Right? I want to do this, right? And they start. And then they start learning. And you're, but what are you proposing? When you become, let, yeah. unless you become a dev, a developer, front, front, front end developer, you're probably mm. working independently 60% of your time. 20% will probably be in your product team, um, catch-ups, whatever. 20% will be probably me, your peer-to-peer, whatever. Or maybe you're somebody who you actually do not actually like working alone mm. 66% of the time. Fair point. I see what you mean. Right. But that way, you've gone for... A career that puts title you, first, yeah, that then doesn't give you that thing, yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm saying that if you think of a title first, a state, a position first, 
don't think of just the responsibilities and titles. Think of who you will be in that As space. A person with that title. And yeah. bring those no. thinkings back to who you are now and say, why do you fit that? Yeah. Okay, cool. I get that now. And thank you for painting that clearer. And I think the question I was asking was, you know, it still connects here is that, is there a kind of person, like, is it, is there a kind of person that you need to be to be able to answer those questions or ask yourself those questions? Because I can relate completely to what you've said. Um, but I can imagine there's some people that can't because for me, I made the same decision as well. When I was going to leave my role, what had happened was I had, I was, I had multiple conversations and I had thoughts where the kinds of things that I enjoyed doing and where I excelled the most almost involved me having to figure things out and have responsibility rest with me. Like, yes, I could report to a manager, but the manager was only there to guide me, not necessarily tell me exactly what to do. I was the one that was determining what to do, how to go about it, why I thought it was the best way to do it. And they were just giving me the go ahead. And, you know, maybe if I'm going too far in one direction, they will course correct and we'll have a conversation about it. But I didn't function well under managers that said, this is how it should be done. I want to see it this way. And yeah, so you like autonomy. And, and, exactly. and, and, and you, work, you work against being micromanaged. Exactly, right. And then that led into, like, I never thought of it as entrepreneurship. Like, obviously, yes, you can, but I was never the idea guy. And my idea of entrepreneurship is you're the visionary that comes out and just does stuff. But then I had a couple of conversations at a very, like, pivotal time where somebody mentioned the fact that, you know, I'm listening to you talk about things and I see where your eyes light up, right? And have you ever considered entrepreneurship? And I exactly yeah, and and so that that kind of fits my point because yeah, if you thought about entrepreneurship before that conversation, you're you're even thinking about entrepreneurship. Label right? yeah yeah, like what what no I, mm-hmm. I've I've got I've got to own a business, mm-hmm. but who you be in that position? Yeah, yeah. Someone who's someone who's autonomous, someone who has responsibility, someone someone who likes the the hustle and bustle of making. Them, bringing an idea into fruition and into tangible product that can be sold. Yeah. 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 Fair point. Because it's, because it's those things that drive you, In the morning, not the not titles. The title. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We made it <laughs> to the same point. But how does this then tie into, like, if you were going to try and tie back into those weird four circles from Ikigai, like, if you were going to try and make Ikigai fit into what you've just described, what tweaks might you make? I feel like this is such a podcasty question, but... I think, <laughs> no, I, no, I think it's a very good question. Let me quickly look at the framework again. Um, yeah. I think for sure, it definitely has to fit a lot into what you're good at and what you love. Maybe passion, right? Mm. what level and what you're good at but the issue with passion is that passion has always been preached as as an activity and as a doing as opposed to being as opposed to also a state of being mm. so passion always has to be 
you're doing oh, something. Uh, yeah. What are your passions? What are you passionate about? And it involves an action. Okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that question, which is why language is beautiful, and which is why <laughs> I'm at work. Um, at work, I was, I was talking to uh one of the PMs the other day, and she says, like. You're always so detailed, you know. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? So a, a friend I was talking to used the same sentiment. It was like, why do you use such colorful words? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like you're trying to describe something, and then you kind of like bring a word that definitely nails the point, but it's just very weird to find that in a conversation. I'm like, honestly, my brain doesn't think. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, colorful words is is what I'm and like the articulation. I mean, I'm not good at. I, I won't. I won't even say I am. I won't even say I am the most articulate person. Sixty percent good articulation. Yeah, but I know that I must keep striving for hundred percent because the ability to make something to use a word that is as distinct in the midst of similarities to pass a message. Yeah. It's incredibly, incredibly <laughs> important. Anyway, but back yeah. to the point of passion. I think this is just a running thought I'm thinking about now. Maybe passion is not all you have to do or an action word. Maybe it's also about a being instead of being. Maybe maybe it's also about how how you feel when the when when you interact with the world. Yeah. You know, maybe it's also about a a sense of connection with certain experience mm. so maybe passion is beyond just action but also states states of experiences and being yeah absolutely and 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 that probably redefines how we how we can understand our passion and puts less pressure and in fact maybe also with the question of what is your passion is the wrong starting point Maybe where your passion can, cannot be answered without knowing the algebraic equations before the equals to. Maybe what is your passion is the equals to, but we need to find the X and the Y first. And the X and the Y can then be states of being and states of feelings. So, so in your own case, right? No, I don't, and I don't care too much about your passion, but I care about the fact that you love, love being autonomous. And you love responsibility. Now, that way, I'm finding your X, Ys, and Zs. And automatically, it means that adding those X, Ys, and Zs, difference, they will have multiple passions. Yeah. Hmm. So what I was going to say here, um, and what we're going to do next now is just play a few clips and maybe comment on them just to tie it back to the movie. But I was going to say that I think we mentioned this briefly on the episode, like the actual Ikigai episode. But I think it's a fallacy to think that, not a fallacy, but maybe it's a cute goal or great thing to chase. But I don't think everything has to come together in the center, as Ikigai suggests that, you know, what you love, what you're good at, and just finding, like, finding all of that thing in the expression of one thing feels like a lost cause or just a very weird mission to go after. Because it then now means. Is that the only thing you're going to be stuck doing all your own life? No matter how great that thing is, I don't think we human beings are set up to function. Like, with the length of life that we have to live, to think that one thing is going to be your ikigai for 
50, 60 years feels a bit far-fetched to me. And so for me, the way I'm thinking about it is it doesn't have to be one thing that then all fits together, but you should have your hands in enough things to check those boxes. So you should be someone that spends enough time on things that you love. If the thing that you love happens to be something that you can be paid for, great for you. If not, maybe the thing that you can be paid for gives you enough time and the ability to enjoy the things that you love. But don't, it's like, it should be a balance. You understand? So I would rather think of Ikigai as that, as finding that balance of, okay, what are things that I love? Am I doing those things? What are things that I'm good at? Am I checking that box in a way? What are the things that the world needs? Am I being useful to my world in that sense? In that sense, and you know, am I doing things that I can be paid for just to scratch that itch of bringing value and getting paid for value? And mm, then you know, yeah, I, I think in, you're right. Yeah. So and then by doing all of those things, I feel a sense of ikigai, not because I have found the one thing that checks all those boxes. Yeah, because yeah. because ikigai is about standing in the middle of the pitch. But, but you don't want to be in the middle of the pitch. You want to run around, you want to run around the pitch. Consistently. Exactly. Continuously. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why that, the thing I saw somewhere that says... Because guys, seasons will change. Yeah, sorry, go on. Resources will change. And life, environment just changes. Hmm. So, run, so running around the pitch is enough of a reason for being, as opposed to being in, in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Admiring the entire pitch. Yeah. And that feels like a, a much more wholesome mission to, to go after. Because I think that this is why, I don't know, maybe it's just our personality, but I think people could sense from the beginning of the Ikigai episode that we were just not connecting as, as much to it. It's like a very, very interesting episode that we did. But anyways, um, let me just play a few clips from, from Soul. And I think obviously think, th- thinking about sure. what Pixar tries to do with all of these things, you would probably get mm-hmm. a few vibes of this thing that we're mentioning and this sort of like endpoints that we've gotten to in this conversation but the first clip i'm going to play is something that wally referenced earlier which is dev uh des sorry the barber and this was in the barber shop and he had a conversation with um 22 who was in joe's body 66 i was seriously asking like what is all the fuss about like is all this living really worth dying for you know what i mean I never knew you had such an interest in education, Joe. I just thought you went to music school. And another thing, they say you're born to do something, but how do you figure out what that thing is? I mean, what if you pick up the wrong thing or somebody else's thing? You know, then you're stuck. Yeah, I've been there, I guess. I'll take one of those. I wouldn't call myself stuck, but I never planned on cutting heads for a living. Wait, but you were born to be a barber, weren't you? I wanted to be a veterinarian. So, why didn't you do that? I was planning to when I got out of the Navy. Then my daughter got sick. <laughs> barber school is a lot cheaper than veterinarian school. Well, that's too bad. You're stuck as a barber and now you're unhappy. Whoa, whoa. Slow your road there, Joe. I'm happy as a clam, my man. Not everyone can be Charles Drew inventing blood transfusions. Or me, playing piano with Dorothea Williams. I know. <laughs> you are not all that. Anyone could play in a band if they wanted to. Don't pay Paul any mind. People like him just bring other people down so they can make themselves feel better. Oh, I get it. He's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his own failed dreams. <laughs> Cut deep, Joe. I wonder why sitting in this chair makes me want to tell you things, Des. That's the magic of the chair. That's why I love this job. I get to meet interesting folks like you, make them happy, and make them handsome. Wow. 
Am I crazy or do I look younger? I may not have invented blood transfusions, but I am most definitely saving lives. I don't know about Yeah. Obviously, it sounds goody too shizzy and all of that, but there, there is truth in there, right? Um, and the other thing as well is sometimes perception is more important than reality here because if you do a measurement of what there's a doing in the barbershop, is it saving lives? It's hard to measure because nobody, nobody went to his barbershop bleeding mm. and, and, and he got them stitched up. But you can't quantify maybe how one person's bi-weekly visit to barbershop helps, I don't know, his marriage mm. or helps him become a better friend or father. Yeah. And then that probably saves his life. Yeah. Um, I just remember right. something. And the, and the other thing as well is, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you talk about it in a second, but the other thing as well is, even if, if, even, if, even if that may not be happening on that scale, if Dev thinks it is happening from what he sees, that also can be enough to get him up. To, yeah. to, to feel like I am saving lives. Yeah, absolutely. And what I was going to share is kind of like a personal story that puts me in Dez's shoe a bit. And I'll try and not overshare because I think the person listens to this podcast. Um, but anyway, so I, I met someone recently and. Again, I what like met com- somebody, man. Met somebody, met somebody. No, met somebody, met some, met somebody like you. Meet somebody new. Come on, don't do this. Um, and I, I, I was my typical self, and for me, I, I, I end up asking because of the podcast. Not even because of the podcast. I think me and you have always people that ask questions, and it led us to the podcast. So I was just being my regular self, asking questions and just being all of that, and just wanting to know a bit more about someone new um, and learning a bit more about them. But then I get a random DM um, from someone else that I don't know. And the person says, oh, they're friends with this person. I don't know them, but they're friends with this person. And they just wanted to say thank you. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, the person has been, you know, dealing with some questions, right? And they just, you know, had like they they saw both of us and then they had a conversation and my name kind of like came up and it turns out that you know something i said or questions that i asked or just things that i did made the person process something they were going through a lot better although they didn't tell that to me personally but they told someone else that decided to find me on instagram and tell me about it, it was very weird oh wow. yeah it was a very weird experience but weirdly good experience and for me just like Des, I could feel that, okay, you know what? I feel sometimes I'm the weird guy that we had, we're at a party talking, about, everybody's talking about like the most random things that you hear. They're trying to have deep conversations with some random person because that's what you thrive on. And that might come off as weird, but you know, I think that just let me know that, okay, there's value in you know, doing this thing that you feel is helpful. Like I didn't go out there wanting to save anybody. Like, honestly, I was very surprised by the message, but it then gave me perspective about, okay, and to be fair, in church, they tell you about, obviously, your words are important. You can go out and do great things, even by talking to people. But I don't think you never, you ever, never really, you hear other people tell the stories, but you never really think about how 
simple conversations that you have could also yeah, go I, a long way. And you never really get feedback, so you so you can't measure. You can't measure. You understand the extent to which what what you're doing in the world is making an impact. Yeah, which is why I, the premise of paying it forward and just doing good should be enough because you should just do things. We cannot get feedback, so we should just just do things because mm. they are good things and valuable mm. things for us and mm. for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because this then reminds me of the conversation I had with someone. I just mentioned the whole entrepreneurship thing. Like, it didn't seem profound at the time, but there's a conversation I'll keep remembering that somebody else that only knew me for six, seven minutes listened to me talk, listened to me rave out about something, and came up with a quick conclusion as to I think you might be interested in this. And three years down the line i'm kind of like doing it and being happy about it but anyways let's move on to the next conversation and this is a conversation between joe and his mom um here we go then how come except for church you're the happiest when i don't i finally land the gig of my life and you're upset you didn't see how tough being a musician was on your father i don't want to see you struggle like that so dad could pursue his dreams and i can't your father had me most times, this shop is what paid the bills. So when I'm gone, who's going to pay yours? Music is all I think about. From the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I fall asleep at night. You can't eat dreams for breakfast, Joey. Then I don't want to eat. This isn't about my career, Mom. It's, it's my reason for living. And I know Dad felt the same way. I'm just afraid that if I died today, that my life would have amounted to nothing. Joey. Damn, son. <laughs> if a dad day, um, all of that. Do you ever think, I don't think that's not, that's not a question I ask myself, to be fair. I wrote it down too, to be fair. You wrote it down? I wrote oh, that down that I will ask you that if you die today, oh, you okay. can my mother nothing. <laughs> um, it's not, to be fair, it's not a question that I think about, but um, I think I've been um blessed, not blessed. What's the word I was going to use? Fortunate enough in a way to be able to have real experiences in different corners of my life. Either things that I deliberately chased after and chose for myself or things that life situations kind of like put me in. Um, I keep talking about this and, you know, sometimes people that know me and know my background mention this and it's like, you know, if, if sort of like my dad didn't pass away when he did, I might have had a very, I most likely would have had a very, very different life. Not a bad life, but yep. a very, very different kind of life and the kinds of things that I, I'm interested in, the kinds of things that I'm able to do and have been made to do and been put in a situation to do. I think it does that. Yeah, there, there is all of that. So some of it is, let's not call it lemonades out of lemons, but some of it is a bit of that. And some of it is just um, fortunate to have people around me having real conversations with me. There's someone I don't speak to as much anymore um, for definitely reasons based on me. But um, this was someone that just, I was walking on the road one day and this person felt led to like stop and have a conversation with me. And yeah, I was... An interesting conversation. I thought it was very weird and freaky um, because the person then, you know, found me on Facebook after and followed me and 
honestly, I was a bit freaked out about it, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, what's the worst that could happen in a way? Like, just keep yourself open to this. And that was a conversation that blossomed into so much more. And a big part of who I am and how I express my faith today and some of the things that have formed foundations for me in that regard came from just someone that decided to stop by me and have a conversation with me. And I think in in so many ways, I try to... Those are the moments I remember. Those are the things that I remember. And those are the things that I try to optimize in life. And I I think it's made it easier, quote unquote, for me to not get swayed by as much by very superficial conversations and superficial things in life, right? And it's not the easiest thing to do. And I acknowledge that I still have a certain level of privilege to be able to have and experience these things. But um, today, right now, the kind of decisions that I make, I'm thankful that they're not motivated by financial gain or these things that drive people a lot that end up becoming not as not being able to give you as much as you've given to them to get them do you get what i mean um so to answer the question um if my if you know <laughs> everything was to stop today i think the only not regrets but the only things that i would think about were the things that um that lay in front of me as opposed to wasting time on things that had already taken place do you get mm. how about you one thing one thing you should keep in mind to be fair when you were talk about motivated by capital gains or financial gains mm-hmm. is that you don't have the complete answer to that yet until, you're, so? responsible, until you're responsible for another human being oh sure because <laughs> yourself is incomplete until on that human being, okay, people can say, well, you can't say that. So maybe I should not say that. But <laughs> I get the point that you're making. And-, and, I, and, I, and I just feel like as a human being, there's a way you, to know yourself is to go through a full catalog of life. Can I stop you here just briefly? Go on. Because there are people that don't have the same desires as you seem to do when it comes to family and that part of life, right? Because obviously, like, everyone on this podcast knows you want a family, right? And Relax, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your How conversations, you know you've said it so many times and you've, you've said it so excitedly Me, so many times. <laughs> it's a so, family, bro. Does that help? And the reason I'm pausing there is not not to even go into any new generation thing, but you know, even even in Asian culture and in the Bible and all of that, there are people that their life's mission and they found fulfillment and purpose without coupling up, right? So I know that's not what no, you were no, saying. That, that's yeah, not what I'm saying. I know, I know, I know. Okay. I know. I know that's not what you were saying, but I, I'm I'm touching on that as well because when you said the responsibility, okay, maybe let me let you land with the responsibility points. Like what my what point was just that. If I say to myself, like even today, I say, even even today, I tell myself, I feel like I know my something I do or some 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 something that trigger me, some of the things that make me go X Y Z. But I know deep down that that's not a complete picture yet. Mm-hmm. Now, if if my life ends today, that's all I know. If my life ends at six years old, where I am still, that's all I know still. All right. But the point is, there's still an unlocked level of awareness that will come from responsible for another human being. 
And I'm not saying that everyone has to find that out. You don't have yeah. to find that out. That That's fine. I'm exactly. Just that, that, I'm just saying that that happened. Yeah. But the question was, um, if you... No. So my comment on that was not about the question. It was on, was on, was oh, on your okay. point on you not being motivated by certain things. And I'm like, well, as far as you know that, nah, as far as you know so Yeah, for far, now. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. I, oh, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, but we can't, we can't play this game. Or, like, it, it's, it's not a... Like, it's a good point to make and a good thing to keep in mind. But we can't, like, we can't bring it that forward. Do you get what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, it's now, it's almost saying that because you don't know that, um, I can't even remember the point I was trying to make, but I feel like it's not something you can bring. I can only know what I know so far. I can only reflect on things that, and live life based on what I've experienced so far. Yeah, of course. So much of, exactly. So to think about that future self in a way, which is why I mentioned the thing about the only thing that would feel like a missed opportunity is the person that you aren't yet and the things that you're yet to do, which kind of like classifies that box that you're mentioning right now in a way in my head. But anyways, your well, question. Well, for me, uh, my answer is mm, no. I mean, what do you mean by nothing? Yeah. Um, I'm a son, I'm a brother. So already that's something. And mm. if I die today, at least those people remember me. Yeah. So Where by the it? very by the, by the very bare minimum, my life is not nothing. And actually, I, I put up a post on my Instagram. I, I I posted a post from I think one of JPs. It came up on my feed, mm. and it said, "Do not underestimate the hole your absence will leave in people's lives." Mm. And I felt that this. I saw this morning. I just felt it straight away. Because I know there's many people who think, many people listen now, listen now to this podcast, you just think, yeah, I don't think people care about me too much. Yeah, I just a few friends and that's it. I'm, I'm, yeah, if I if I if I if I move away, I don't, I don't think I don't think my folks will be bothered. I don't think people will be bothered. My experience, but like moving away and stuff. There's people. There's just even just regular friends you included like friends where just being away from puts you in a position where, where you realize that actually this milestone that they have it would actually be nice to be there yeah oh, oh shit I didn't think about that before <laughs> did I yeah but even deeper than that though thinking about people you 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 come across every day I think just don't just don't be Surprised with the whole your absence of living lives, and it's, I don't think it's about being too self-important. Yeah, so absorbed about who you are, but just think, at bare minimum, there's relationships that you are central to, whether it's whether it's um one that is I don't know. That is, that is ignited every day through conversation or one that is, that is ignited every day through a FaceTime catch-up every six months, whatever it is, but different people that you matter to mm. yeah. more than you think. So that's my answer. All right, cool. Two more clips to go. Um, and they're short ones. Well, one of them is a short one. But this one is about a spark isn't a purpose. Um, so the context of this scene was, um, you know, Joe entering the zone and trying to find 22 yep, um, yep. to give her the badge um 
so that she could find her purpose. And yeah, anyways, let me just play it. What 22's purpose was? Excuse me? You know, her uh, spark, her purpose. Was it music, biology, walking? <laughs> we don't assign purposes. Where did you get that idea? Because I have piano. It's what I was born to do. That's my spark. A spark isn't a soul's purpose. Oh, you mentors and your passions, your purposes, your meanings of life. So basic. No, no, it... It is music. My spark is music. I, I know it is. I wonder what the psychological or sociological reason behind making British people, British accents, the godlike character. <laughs> I guess the whatever they say seems to sound always sound more profound than if you heard it in an American Maybe. accent. Karen. Yeah, but the, um. He just jumped back into Earth at that point in time. It was a, it was a very interesting scene where they didn't resolve that at that yeah. point. They yeah, they left it for us to figure <laughs> out. Like, here you go. There's, there's oh, jeez. Yeah, crazy. Because obviously the kids are watching. Because I, I can imagine you watching it with like your five-year-old niece and whatnot. You've got to explain that, man. Mm. Oh, my God. Those guys will ask you questions. I trust them. Yeah, yeah. Five-year-olds. Uh, Anyway, so let me play the last scene, which I really liked. It was the Dorothy and the fish story to Joe. Let me just make sure I've got this set up correctly. Oh, there we go. Um, and yeah. It's just, I've been waiting on this day for my entire life. It's, I thought I'd feel different. I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish. This is water. What I want is the ocean. See you tomorrow. Okay, it's obvious they did this thing quite a lot where they just... <laughs> They say it and they don't resolve it, like, and they just leave you with it to figure out what it is. But I, I, I love the the short story. It's probably a story I was still and hope I remember to to say at some point. But it's the idea of listen that we're saying. Where I think we said this thing in a way about the end goal is not the end. Is the end goal is not the goal. It's kind of like the journey, the person that you and the process that you go through to get to that. It's kind of like the idea, and this is almost like. This person is looking for this very big thing, but they're already living it. And what you look out from the outside and see as a big thing is not just one big thing. It's a sum of so many little parts. And so if you ignore all the little parts chasing after this very big thing, whenever you then find what you your mind rationalizes as a big thing, you figure out that it's not necessarily what you're looking for. Then you then feel this emptiness of, so what have I spent the last part of my life chasing? Um, and many movies, many stories always kind of like depict this in a way. And some of us roll our eyes at it. Some of us take it in, but it's kind of like the truth, right? It's like your life is not, and it's not what happens when you graduate. I think all you need to do is think about all the checkpoints you've passed already in life and how much those big significant events were for you leading up to them, what they look like now that you've gone away from them. It's almost why I don't, for me, I, there's not one big thing I'm kind of like chasing. I'm chasing 
in a way, as much as I've been able to describe for myself, is some of very different parts. Like I know when I talk about my goals in five years or six years, it's not like an end destination. It's always about things I want to feel and be the kind of person I want to, I see myself being as opposed to an end goal. Because I remember, you know, Jesus, you know, you're in secondary school and you want to get into uni and all these things. And then he gets into uni and then there's just this whole thing about I need to graduate. You graduate, you want to do NYSE. You do NYSE, you want to move to Lagos, you want to do this, you want to do that. And like, it's like, when does it just end? So No, but <laughs> wait, pause. Yeah. The, it's, it's, it's not trivial because you're making, you're making very good points there, which I, which I absolutely agree and which I think everybody needs to, which I, I think everybody, yeah, everybody probably needs, needs to also agree to that. If they don't agree, I think mm. they need to agree because you're making very good points but i think with the fish story going back to that for i think the message there is obviously screaming that many, many of us had spent time looking for purpose and meaning in our lives when it's just right there in front of us mm. fez but an example you gave which you absolutely spot on about those milestones chasing milestones my own perspective and perhaps perspective of some of perspective that i've probably learned and learned subconsciously without knowing is that it's important to chase those goals but those goals signify the start of a new problem which we have to accept and then that then means that the joy of meaning is in the chase not knowing the achievement yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I'll tell you why I, I realized this because I, I realized this perhaps so 2019 2018 and this probably through everything everything that I'm consuming content wise and which is why when my PhD was finally over the month the year leading up to my PhD being done I swear to God I never sat down in one place and say, oh God, when, when, when this page is done, I am going to go on holiday and relax. Like, ah, oh, it's done. I knew that mm. as soon as I'm nearing that point of submitting, doing a viva, I'm kickstarting new problems. Right? Yeah, you mentioned I'm, 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 kick, I'm kickstarting new problems of what's next. Even if I find what's next, I'm, kick, I'm kickstarting a problem of, okay, and how do I um, enter this this place effectively. Hmm. Which is why people found it weird when they have my submission of my thesis. I just went back home. I, I, I made some phone calls, tidied my house and I watched TV. Hmm. Yeah. Not because I, I was thinking, oh my God, I haven't done this. But because I just knew a, a the meaning of that entire experience was a four-year journey. It wasn't that moment. Mm. But B, my next problem was the Viva. Yeah. Right. And then when Viva was done, when I passed, of course, celebrate with your friends, just have pictures, etc. But I was never disillusioned to think, like I was ready for the fact that every of those goals, the purpose and chase and meaning of those goals is in the journey to getting them. Because if you think about it, if it's a boxing fight, right? Which is why if um, every boxing fight, when you watch fighters on press conferences, the week lead up to fight, 
they tell you, they'll tell you one thing. They say, they'll say, all the work has been done. They'll often use that phrase. They'll say, all the work has been done. This camp was the hardest camp of my life. And we'll just go out there on Saturday and finish it off. Right? And that's because it's, it's the same thing applied, I, I believe. For those fighters, what makes them fighters is not that final fight. Mm. It's the gruesome camp. It's the gruesome camp training. It's the putting yourself away from family, missing birthdays, missing anniversaries, going remote, staying quiet, eating right, training, working hard, training morning, night, sparring, weightlifting, running. That nobody sees. That is the flipping meaning. That's flipping purpose. The goals are only there to kickstart new problems because we can't remain stagnant. Yeah. Right. And it's that chase that gives us this emotion of, well, that should anyway, emotion of joy. That gave me emotion of joy because whenever I look back on everything I built, my my PhD experience, it wasn't me submitting the PhD that made me Mm. happy I did it. It was going through a, a, I won't call it traumatic, but going through, <laughs> going through a downfall in my first year, fighting back, realizing who I am in those moments, realizing where I can improve myself, um, meeting people who are not in my demographic, socioeconomic, professional space, breaking them down, getting information from them. It is those things that made that, that that make me happy. It's those things that are why I'm called doctor. Yeah. It's it's not the flipping final. Okay, yes, that final one marks it. But even let me even bust your head. Even even when you do a viva for the most part, people already know you're going to pass. Mm. Because if, you put if you're going to a viva yeah. with if you're passing uncertain, then there's a problem. <laughs> if you're going to a viva, you should already know that you're going to pass because the work is done. The reason why people might mess up is nerves. You don't justify yeah. what, you, what you've done. You don't explain. You don't articulate, which is rare. It is rare because, again, like a boxer, the work you've put in for that camp. It's already done, yeah. Done. Bro, my viva, I was spitting out facts that I never knew I knew. <laughs> you knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know I knew. But why? Because I spent four years working on this thing. Mm. Mm. And it's already in your head. Yeah. And it's those, four years, those four years have defined me. Even for you as well, like, if you're trying to set up a, a new boot camp as you did the first time, I'm, I'm sure when you finally delivered, you were like, oh, it's done. But immediately you were like, okay, there's one coming again next year. Yeah. And it got Absolutely. better. Yeah. I feel like, I wish we could end the episode here, but I want to do two more things, very quick things. And they're not things that we need to comment on, but just, I guess, thoughts to leave people with. And the first one is, as you were talking, I was thinking about like, as we mentioned boxing, I, I, the name I thought about was Anthony Joshua. And he just had a fight recently, right? And I was seeing stuff before the fight where he was like, he, if he loses, he would retire from boxing. I was joking. Because I know he's also, I know, yeah, but, but I also know yeah, he's lost a bunch of fights. Like since, yeah, it's just, he's not won a lot of fights. I think this is one, the first one he's won in a, in a while. So He's lost his last, he's lost three out of the last five, but he's lost his last two fights. Last two before, fights. Before okay. winning this last one, yeah. Before, okay, yeah. And for me, I just thought about how, like, okay, let's imagine a world where he decided to retire. Like, it, it got me thinking about, so is the point of, when I think about professional sports and all of this, I'm always a bit concerned that 
you know, is the point to get to that very top and win all their achievements. And if you don't, even if you spend 20 years or 50 years of your career doing that, then it's been worthless because that's really what mm. it almost gets painted as, which is why you say, oh, you know, Arv- Robert Van Persie had to leave Arsenal to go to Manchester United so that he could at least win the um, Premier League. Kane has to leave Tottenham because if he doesn't leave Tottenham, he'll never win any title. And I find myself thinking about it sometimes where I'm like, oh, Bukayo Saka, I really want them to win the league this time because it'll be weird if we all of this passes and we don't get, like, we don't have that pinpoint. But then I think about the fact that Chelsea won the Champions League, like, what, two years ago. But right now, nobody gives, like, yes, maybe in Banta it comes out. But <laughs> what everybody's thinking about is the process that they're going through right now and wondering why they're calling Lampard back, right? You know, Liverpool did the thing they did, like, you know, won the thing, won the Champions League. But right now, everybody's like, <sighs> like, so it's very weird. Like, for me, I look at it. When people think about sports and things like that, these are the things that sometimes I end, I end up dipping in a way. Maybe I don't put it into words all the time. But when people just say, why are you watching sports? Sports is just like, why are you wasting your time? And I'm like, bro. Sports like, it's a metaphor for life too. For uh, Pretty much, right? And so for me, when people, when Atata says enjoy the process, I almost have to remind myself that. Because if not, you can find yourself, maybe for yourself, you're not considering this thing. But for other people, you're judging them based on the fact that they haven't checked all these like, end point goals for you so because this player has never won the premier league or whatnot then yeah you're not going to rate them right even though if somebody did that to you you will feel very weird about it but i'll pack that here and the final thing i'll mention is this thing about um nihilism right and about what it's something that's getting uh nihilism um the okay okay yeah and it's something that it's very you hear more in western circles and it's this idea of you know, there's no points to life, right? And so you just, because you know there's no points in life and everything is just blare, you just go through life emotional or emo and just dark and you're, you listen to rock music, for you, everything can end and you wouldn't give a, a damn about it, right? Um, but in preparing for this episode, I encountered something that tried to break down, I guess, the positive aspect of nihilism and they called it optimistic nihilism i'm just going to read what that is and leave everyone with that sure and it says optimistic nihilism views the belief that there is no underlying meaning to life from a perspective of hope it's not that we're doomed to live in a meaningless universe it's that we get the chance to experience ourselves and the universe that we share um and the final sentence that might tie that together better it says the optimistic nihilist looks at a world lacking meaning and purpose and sees the opportunity to create their own um that's kind of like it um and so is this idea and the way i understood it is that yes you know you can look at everything and feel like there's just a lot of meaningless things going on and what's the points to life but maybe the points to life is sort of like making your own points and you know being driven by that point that you're trying to make in a kind of way and yeah um and it just means you get to i guess positively chart your own path in that kind of way however you choose to do it and you know hopefully that results in a net positive but just yeah um just something to leave everyone with in an episode that has ended up as the normal length because toby has no gist after to share with wally no i think the last point you raise is a good point i think um, I hope people catch that properly. Yeah. I feel like those might be nihilists and uh, what the word is pronounced. Um, 
the meaningless of the of the ethic objective world doesn't mean subjective emic world you exist in has to be meaningless to you mm. because a canvas is meaningless but then when there's paint on it the meaning arises yeah so i guess you are the paint the world is the canvas and paint <laughs> paint like a kid you know has... and maybe also like i think to end the, to end this conversation to, in line with the ending of soul mm-hmm. when joe came out of his house thinking that he's going to live a life to the fullest without worrying about too much about his dream because this man's obsessed about his dream for so long finally achieved it and still went back to his flat being his flat (laughs) the sky was still dark everything was still the same way Mm. and I guess this was a lesson for me as well to say perhaps for everybody if you want to pick it up too to say for somebody who's waiting for something for very long and like (laughs) you're desperate for it like you've you've, you're waiting for something to happen you're be very sure that when you get it, you definitely feel different. And life will <laughs> definitely change. Be very sure. Yeah, be very sure because the, the anticlimactic disappointment that awaits in an empty realization of, 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 a, of, of a desire once you finally get it is perhaps worse than disappointment that might come from not hitting it at all. Not hitting it. Mm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> what do we know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, we'll leave it there for anyone who's powered through whatever that beginning was, which was still valuable. I think it tied into everything that we, we said. We just, again, yeah, I think we finally reached a conclusion and which is why cinema therapy is great for anybody listening. Thank you for listening to my ther- cinema therapy. It's, it's an important mm. part of the podcast. The episodes give conclusions to the first episode. Conclusion was for us, Ikigai is not is is not us in the center, mm. but it's us running around. Mm. Simple as that. Simple as that. Simple as that. Can't wait to listen back to this episode in like one year or two years and just you know see what holds true. But it's quite interesting to see how much stays, sort of like sticks on the wall in terms of all the spaghetti that we throw in it. Talk um, yourself into meaning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fun times. Um, happy Easter again, everyone. Um, hope you... Well, you're kind of, kind of like going to be listening to this at the end of the holiday. And you probably might be back into the office as well. But hope you made good use of the break to refresh. Your I will. Lunch. Yeah. Well, he has interesting plans, which is why we're recording this whenever we're recording it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so funny enough, the, the downs, not downside, because people keep asking me this question of or when I said I go on a leave or on a break or things like that. And I've realized you don't. Yeah. So I've realized I've had to build that into like so I don't there's not a defined period where I completely shut off because the illusion of shutting off is that it just creates way more later on in a very weird balance that I don't like. So for me, I find rest in the middle of of just doing the things that I need to do. And I, I'm very deliberate about it. Like I have a trip coming up and that trip is definitely like 30% work days where it's not like I'm fighting to keep work away is that I can't be working because I'm probably going to hop in a train <laughs> between like two freaking cities so it's like forced first kind of like break and just you know get my head out of that space um, and I really enjoyed 
I feel like that was the time I really got to recharge last year and I'm really looking forward to it again seeing family seeing you seeing everyone and just you know doing that nice um, you're yeah. welcome bro looking forward to having you yeah 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 and hopefully Arsenal wins the Premier League and that's another oh, yeah. thing to, to cap that off as that well play. guys if you have tickets to Arsenal's last game if you know someone that knows someone um, I'm I'm trying to like I feel like they haven't announced it officially on the website um, and hopefully I can get in the queue for that but if anyone has a plug right that doesn't cost £750 because uh, bro tickets yeah. are like in the thousands now I know yeah no no but, but those are like pre like before because Arsenal only releases them two weeks before the game but you can pre-order I think some of this people yeah that, but nobody will sell tickets for anything less than a thousand now the only people are going to want to go to see no, no, Arsenal will no Arsenal will release the official tickets and it will go for the standard price. But if you're not in queue, you won't get it. That's the thing, right? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm not paying a thousand pounds. Okay, everybody, <laughs> Toby, I'm going to bed. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Have a fantastic week, Toby. Week. Enjoy your nights and yes. three days. We'll talk tomorrow. Yes, cool. All right. Goodbye, everybody. And now, a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. Now, we know that in our culture of 30-second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer-form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Also, be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Pill underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Pill with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.